This week, we are running a special 50% off promotion for our NFL Starter Pack. Just in time for your fantasy football end-of-season push. For only $5, the NFL Starter Pack grants you complete access to all content on the Sharp Football Analysis site, including game previews, providing actionable information for betting props, fantasy, DFS on every single matchup, injury reports, waiver wire targets, and a deep dive into the referee assignments for the week. Along with that, every single Sunday morning, you're going to be sent our top player props of the week. Just Google Sharp Football, click on the website, Sharp Football Analysis, and then click on the blue banner at the top of the screen to get access. Hello, welcome to Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go, week 14. Uh, last week of buys, which it doesn't help people in the, in the fantasy world here as we hit the, either last week of the regular season or some playoff weeks here. Uh, having six teams on buy is, is not ideal for this spot, but he, here we go. We're, <laughs> we're in this back stretch here. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing good. We're coming off of what was arguably the best slate of games. Uh, An actual week. good week. We did and, it. And, yeah. And uh, this one's looking like it's back to what we've got the previous 12 weeks. Um, looks for, Looking pretty rough and thin out in these streets for games. Of, 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 we're looking for quality here. Yeah, a- absolutely. It was... Um... <laughs> It was last week where you kind of went into it, like saying this looks like a pretty good week. And it, it came out. I know like when I was writing first and 10 and I was like 2000 words deep and I, I had only gotten through the first two games. I was like, okay, like this, this day to live up to the hype. I don't think that's going to be the problem this week. Again, like you said, it's kind of looks like it's exactly what, what we've been in a couple of good games. Uh, and, and <laughs> as I keep saying, the games are close. Yeah, the games are close. That's all I keep telling myself because I'm going to buy what the NFL is trying to tell me. Like the game is they're close. It's like the Monday night game was the quintessential like the what the NFL is trying to push down people's throats. Like the game is absolutely miserable. It's a it's just an unwatchable product for 57 minutes. But Tom Brady put together two drives and the, the game was close and they won. They had their storyline. <laughs> yeah, yes. we're gonna. We're going to run 80% of the time on first down. We're going to average three yards of play. Uh, but all of that is just, it means it's going to be a one score game. That's, yeah, that's right. And we have a favorite this week that has an implied team total below 20 points. Uh, it is, it is an Hell adventure yeah, out there again. There we go. <laughs> week 14, we're here. Uh, all right, let's, let's just dive in. Only is playing this weekend. So, hey. Here we go. Big, I mean, the, exactly exactly what we want not not necessarily what we want because it the ravens offense again just uh not uh, totally fun it was a lot of like on an offense based around lamar jackson please go do something to help us out it was a lot of hey tyler huntley please go do something like the the biggest play is on that the final drive at least where a couple of tyler huntley scrambles he had a designed run uh, he had like one nice throw down the sideline but it was a lot of hey, we kind of just need the quarterback to, to bail us out. And as big of uh, Tyler Huntley fans as this podcast uh, has been, that's not exactly what you want to be putting on his shoulders for his sustained success. But I think we, we kind of see exactly what we have as, as a problem of like the 
the Ravens overall like skill positions and, and the design of that scheme when you don't have Lamar Jackson there. And that's just kind of, it's kind of where we were. And like, they're, they're playing the Steelers who like, that's not the greatest defense in the world this year. But again, you have a pass rush that, that could get home. It's probably going to be like a billion targets to, to Mark Andrews. Uh, like the, the Tyler Huntley experience, like kind of was when he played last year too. Um, but again, like that's that's the only option, right? Right? It's uh, other than that, you're throwing down the sideline to Demarcus Robinson, and that's just like <laughs> I don't know how you like can expect to sustain offense here. Like the Ravens are like we we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They're kind of like really in trouble here, especially with the way the Bengals are playing. So now you don't have Lamar Jackson. Like again, the Steelers aren't the the toughest opponent that maybe they have been in the past like couple years, but. Like you just kind of look at the, where they're sitting now, and this is just a, a team that we we continually see how just the, the deficiencies they have. I think are, are go, really going to be exposed. Even though like Tyler Huntley is probably one of the better backups in the league, probably could be a starter. Like probably should be a starter somewhere. That uh, he'd be able to do that if he had you know a, a training camp where he came into a team as the starting quarterback, but. Just, uh, I think we're, we're just kind of seeing how far, how far a quarterback can take this team when everything else is just kind of did on the struggle bus just through the entire place to to sustain offense, and that's just kind of where the Ravens are right now. And, and you kind of really have to worry about it because it, it kind of looked like Lamar would be able to do enough to keep them in the top of the AFC North. I uh, have them, you know, win the division, and and now it's just like uh, we're really gonna, I think, see some of the problems this team has. Yeah, I mean, we saw the, like, two of the first three weeks, it was, like, really glorious, right? You know, they shred the Patriots. Uh, you know, they have a huge game against the Dolphins. It looks like, man, this offense is just going to have, like, explosive plays. But I think at that time, we were even, we even talked about, it, I think, like, back in week four, like, there's no way, like, this is about to just, this is about to implode on itself. And obviously losing guys like Rashad, ba- Rashad Bateman is a huge blow, and J.K. Dobbins hasn't been healthy, but – just the investment into the skill players, is, like you said, it's just it's the last two years have really highlighted everything. I mean, the, the offensive line is is better than what Tyler Huntley had to play with at the end of last year. Yeah, that'll but help. There's there's just nobody. I mean, Demarcus Robinson is literally out here drawing the most targets on the team, and like that's unacceptable. And this is they've got Deshaun Jackson, who they signed off the street. You know, out here like getting getting snaps like for a, a potential playoff team like this is this was the plan uh and it's just it's just crazy man it's just crazy that the the, the lack of investment that has been put into the offense here and now you're gonna have to pay lamar jackson and try to add these pieces so you're gonna have to go through the draft and try to do this it's just it's just rough man that it, it's it has all caught up to him on offense and it's it's tough to it's tough to see man it's real tough to see yeah, it's just it, it's it's a tough spot to be in, and and again, like like you said, it's it's by design, which is the, the part, really part of the problem. And, yeah, and everyone's like, Helen Keller's seen this coming, like you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, this, <laughs> this was always in in the range of possibilities, and this was probably one of the the greater possibilities of how this come out. And it was probably if you had concerns about what this team could be, and that, that's what it was. And you know, we I think we. Really, like, really went in depth of it, uh, you know, a, c- a couple weeks ago when we were going in there, but just kind of looking at 
what the Ravens now face without Lamar Jackson really kind of really shows how much they have put on his shoulders and have relied on him. And even when like the production isn't, you know, like the MVP level Lamar. And I think like maybe you could, some people would like have the argument that he, like he hasn't dropped off and he can't elevate uh, like what's around it, but he, he clearly has. And I, I think yeah. we're, we're going to see that now. I mean, like, since we, the bye, they've barely scored against the Panthers and Broncos. Like they barely beat those two teams or they lost. Yeah. They, no, they won both. Of them. I'm sorry. I yeah. did pull that one out. They barely, they barely they scored 13 points against the Panthers and 10 against the Broncos and win those games. Like, you're not beating any good teams that way. Yeah. So uh, let's let's dive into some some other games that have a couple like playoff bound teams. Like we do have a couple like decent games here on the slate. Um, we'll start just with the the early slate. Here is uh, Jets and Bills. Um, the Jets uh, had a very close game with the Vikings. I think we saw. Something that was interesting, and I wrote in first and ten, is the Vikings had an interesting defensive game plan where they played more man coverage than they had at any point during the regular season. And I think that was, and that's interesting because you know Vikings have like some good corners. Patrick Peterson actually playing like really well this year. Um, but when you like think about how good the jets are at the skill positions you might not think like you want to play man against those because you have just wide receivers who can win against that but i think that was a lot to and it was kind of the same as what we'll maybe get to the dolphins at some point is just kind of like interrupt the timing and not have some of those spaces that are open and designed against zone and that's where mike white like really thrived in that first game but if you're going to play man, maybe press them a little bit, kind of disrupt that timing a little bit. Um, you know, those, those open holes aren't quite there in the middle of the field. And I think we saw that disrupt. Mike White was not good uh, against man coverage in that game. And now we have the Bills uh, who can play uh, a little more man uh, when they want to. And I think they they might uh, in this game. So I think that's kind of where we're going to see like the ceiling of the Mike White experience here obviously this is a good offense it's schemed well when it's when he does what he needs to do in that the schematic part of of what they're doing uh in that offense we saw what the production right right like you don't need the quarterback to to do more than that and we saw that uh in his first game then I think if you like challenge that a little bit, make him, you know, make a few more decisions and you have to play out of that structure a little bit. I think that that's where we see a kind of the cap on what they do. And I kind of expect the bills are going to do that. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, like that, this is where we have the fun matchup, right? Is, you know, the, the bills offense, uh, we're still trying to, you know, figure out exactly what that is because we haven't seen like great Josh Allen. <laughs> right. We <laughs> haven't seen great Josh Allen uh, the past the couple of weeks, but we still have uh, just enough big plays, right? You, you're going to have a, a big play to Stephon Diggs that's going to make a difference. You're going to be able to, you know, find Gabriel Davis at some point. Um, so I think this is a really fun matchup on that side of the ball, too. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh... Yeah, just interesting to see what the Bills kind of try to calibrate. I mean, we saw last week 
They ran a lot of multi-back sets. I mean, Naheem Hines played as many snaps as he had played. It wasn't just James Cook getting snaps, too. It was, you know, they it had, they were running a lot of early pony personnel stuff, which I know. Yeah, doing probably, some pony stuff. Getting... You're probably driving, driving you crazy. Uh, Hines, well, yeah, it, it kind of depends. They were doing, like, some stuff. like doing. <laughs> they were trying some vertical stuff, but it was a lot of, yeah, just Hines with the Mojo Man. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I tweeted out during the game. They kind of showed some of the things because, like, they weren't, completely taking the vertical shots it's always like stretching horizontally so it's like a always a three a dot uh type of play when you're like running the that pony stuff but i think they can you know expand on that a little bit maybe yeah so maybe they're going to try to add some of that stuff down the stretch here as they get kind of james cook and this is like rookie surge going i mean james cook on a per touch basis has been pretty good uh obviously it's hard to kind of you know put a lot of weight on some of the touches he had prior to last Thursday, because he actually had him in the, in the structure of the offense where he was coming in and like getting a lot of cleanup touches and stuff. So we like seeing that. Uh, I mean, I'm curious to see like bills. Yeah. The bills, because if they can play man and not have to blitz, I mean, that's kind of been Mike White's thing the last two weeks, uh, you know, for four, four fewer pass rushers, he's been pretty awful. So if the Bills can play some, play some of that man, mix in some of their looks, and, and can get home with only rushing four, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, what, 59% completion rate, uh, 6.6 yards for pass attempt, and four fewer rushers Mike White has been. And they, these are against teams that are inherently bad anyways, Bears and Vikings. Uh, Vikings had, like, their moment in the sun earlier in the year where, like, they kind of, like, weren't, like, preventing touchdowns. They were doing a lot of bend but don't breaking, but – they're absolutely just getting crushed defensively like the past month. Like they're not stopping anybody. Uh, they came up with a few timely stops uh, last week, but they're just giving up chunks of yardage. And we'll probably talk about that game too. I'm sure. Uh, that's kind of been the bills ML prior to Thursday too. They just had so many defensive injuries. They, I mean, they're 28th in yards allowed per drive since week three, uh, but they're able to prevent touchdowns and that's kind of just kind of helped them out. Uh so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to watch that one. Um, I'm, I don't know. I got, I've got nothing. I'm not expecting the Jets to really like score points here. So uh, I'm not buying regularly this Jets offensive surge. Uh, not really. I, I want to see it against some big boy teams. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's kind of, kind of be in like the the Minnesota type thing where it, you just kind of have to hold everything and not get run over, and that's kind of what the Jets are gonna have to expect to do it's you know not so much you're not putting yourself in so much of a hole like when you had Zach Wilson where you have the offense you know actively working against uh the defense in in the way that Wilson was at quarterback so you'll be able to you know have enough right and then I think that's just kind of what the Jets are going to have to rely on at this point it's it's really going to have to be a defensive effort um and this is going to be like the test right against the bills who can you know continue to spread out again like the the receivers aren't quite as good as maybe we thought they would have been um in the start of the season uh not quite as deep or productive and kind of we talked about that and why like they could still would have been like the odell beckham if you know the the odell beckham thing worked out which it just kind of seems like he's not even going to be ready until the playoffs now so it's really not even worth talking about but like they could they could use like that second guy um because just the the other you know those secondary pieces just aren't quite there but you can have either you know sauce Gardner or stefan diggs on or sauce Gardner or dj reed on stefan diggs um that's going to be a fun matchup and again like it Gardner is the the highlight here, but DJ Reed's been playing like 
really well. Um, you know, had a couple of nice plays against uh, Justin Jefferson in, in that game. So it just the, the the matchup here is just, you're just gonna have to hope. Like again, keep the Bills keep it close. did that. The first matchup, the Bills moved Diggs inside a ton. Yeah, uh, using the slot, season high forty four percent of the time. It didn't lead to a lot of production, but it showed that like coming into that game, they were cognizant of. The Jets don't play a lot of man. We talked about that last week with Justin Jefferson. Like they sure they play you know a lot of a lot of cover three, a lot of quarters where those guys are you know running vertically up the sideline. It you know uh, it looks like they're you know in man coverage because that's the assignment. But the Bills yeah. were cognizant of it last time that they played of like hey we can get digs away from those two players. Uh, and I'm curious to see if there's any you know kind of recalibration this week on both sides. Yeah, it, it'll certainly be interesting, and I, it's kind of going to be like a cat and mouse thing because like mm-hmm. Gardner has played some some snaps in the slot, and he's been good when he's done that. Uh, but it's just not you know totally a thing where they just don't they, play they've, they've gone out of their way, right? Um, so, so we'll see. Yeah, I saw someone had the tweet of like yardage allowed. Sauce Gardner's yardage allowed a man, and like everyone was mad. They're like, well, I just saw Chase Claypool have a, a catch on him, and it's like, yeah, it was, just, it was in cover three. And that wasn't yeah. Yeah, it just, but it, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is one of those things to watch, but yeah, it's just, yeah. It, outside of digs, though, there's not like who else for the, this is the thing, like, why we see the Bills doing this stuff because outside of digs, they're getting nothing out of these receivers. I wish they would play Shakir more, uh, you know, stop slow playing him, get him involved in the offense a little bit more because I actually think, do believe he has something to offer. Um, because this is another just terrible matchup, you know, you know, for Gabe Davis, right? Like, Gabe Davis doesn't get open, uh, you know, against good or good against good quarterbacks. Yeah, and you know, there's when he has his good games, it's it's the one play where like he does, or it's just you know Josh mm-hmm. Allen putting an impossible pass um, into you know the the tightest of windows, and you know that it, it can work. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie's been hit and miss. They they have some good plays where they can you know spring him open, but that hasn't been you know as consistent of a thing that maybe we thought it would have been as he gets a, a bigger role in this offense. Yeah. That's why they're, they're relying on the running backs a lot more in the passing game. You know, his Josh Allen's rate throwing to running backs. And then obviously it, that's been, you know, the concerted effort to like, it's, it's okay to take that check down too. Um, and that's been a, a part of the, the bills offense and kind of why it sustained a little bit better uh, earlier in the season. But yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, I mean, he's only thrown for uh, Josh Allen the past, uh, what is it? The past six games, just 237 yards per game. He has like eight touchdown passes. And you just go look at, you say the why of this, and then obviously people will get to the elbow initially first. But, I mean, just look at the production these other guys outside of Stephon Diggs are giving them. Like, there's just nobody else really doing any lifting in the offense. And I think that the last time these teams played is a great example of that, where Diggs has 93 yards. And they can't really, Josh Allen has all the rushing yards. Josh Allen ran for 86 yards in that game. And the running backs ran for 39 yards. Like there's, it's, it's literally was just all, if they couldn't complete a pass to Spon Diggs or Josh Allen didn't run, they had nothing in this game. And it's kind of been the antithesis of what's kind of happened uh, the past several weeks. That's why they're trying all these things. Yeah. And I think that's one of these the are things. Winning games. Like let's not like it, right so good yeah. and i think that that's one of the the positive <laughs> things for the bills is like they they will try a, a bunch of things they're mm-hmm. you know but i think when we like go to the receiver uh, just group in general it's, it's probably one of the more you know disappointing groups based on you know like preseason expectations of what like this group 
it could have been what it did look like. Um, but the fact that like, yeah, they are moving some pieces around. They are some, trying some different things. Again, they're trying to get the, the running backs more involved here give up, give some different personnel looks. Um, so like, I'm not concerned about like them figuring something out. Uh, but it just, it's, hasn't always been as easy as kind of we thought it would look and i think that just the jets defense is is going to make it a a little bit harder um but i would still you know expect them to to be able to 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 pull this out just because especially on the defensive side of the ball they they still have the advantage there um if we go on also in in that uh early slate minnesota and detroit um the lions favored over a uh a one loss team at home um the lions are are doing so, like this is this is the lions we kind of thought we might get at some point um i think i wrote this in first attempt like it, it is what we're seeing but it's probably a little too late for like it to really matter in 2022 in terms of like maybe making a playoff run or whatever, but we do kind of have this, you know, proof of concept of what they want to do. Like this is a incredibly fun offense that's been able to uh, just you know, throw some things together, had a, a chart first 10 of uh, Amon Ross St. Brown on, on third down. It's just like, he, like he's the guy, like no one has like the, the, target share and the rate of first downs that he does uh on third down and it's just like it, it's an automatic thing um and then you have you know dj charks playing uh better we hopefully eventually have jameson williams he in his debut played what eight snaps and like one of them was he was the back in victory formation um so we we still have like some the more that can be explored um, on offense, the, the defense is playing a, a little better. And then we have Minnesota who's just, you know, they're, they're doing Vikings things, right? It's just like, it, it's fine. <laughs> and it, and it's been enough to win uh, at, at this point, but like nothing consistently blows you away other than like the, there's going to be like one or two Justin Jefferson uh, plays a game. And, and that's kind of what, what they're doing at this point. Um, but yeah, so like it, it, we're it, we're going into this point where if Detroit winning this game like might not be that big of a surprise. Well, the, definitely the, the the market has deemed right. that they're, they're they are the favorite. So uh, yeah, you look at the Lions. I mean, they are now fourth in the NFL in points per drive. Only the Chiefs, Eagles, and Bills are ahead of them. Uh, just twenty four percent of their possessions have failed to gain a first down or touchdown. The second in the league, only the Chiefs are better. Uh, they only the Chiefs have a only the Chiefs and Eagles have a higher rate of drives that have resulted in touchdowns, and they're number one in red zone efficiency, and they get to the red zone a lot. Uh, so a lot is going well, you know, for Ben Johnson and getting all these guys in space. And remember too, like this is a team that I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown dealt with a high ankle sprain for a month. DJ Shark has barely played this season. Josh Reynolds has been in and out of the lineup. They traded away their their tight end. Uh, and DeAndre Swift has literally had last week was the first time he had double digit touches since week one. So they've done all of that with with that going on. Uh, yeah, I mean Ben Johnson's been in his bag. They have torched some just absolutely miserable defenses too. 
but that's the case here. Like the Vikings don't hate we brought up. They Minnesota the past weeks allowing their last in the NFL in yards uh, allowed per play. They're last in the NFL in drives uh, to force a punt. They're last in the NFL in drives that don't get a first down or touchdown. It's this isn't a good defense. They they were able to get by early in the season just by keeping people in front of them from getting out, out of the keeping them out of the end zone. But this team's going to give you a, a bunch of yards, and I would expect the Lions have a bunch of yards again. When the, that's what happened when these teams played early in the year. I mean, the the Lions went for what a fourth down, or they missed a field goal, right? Uh, in a on like a the end game, and then the, the Vikings went down the field and scored. But they were in, the Lions were in control of this game the entire game that they played in Minnesota early in the year. Yeah, it's just yeah they've they've been able to do you know just just enough and they have like a, you know those good players right and like they've been able to like I said Patrick Peterson has has been like legitimately good uh, you kind of wonder what's going on in in the second corner but um, it's it's tough because like they. Again, like they're again, they're they're fine. They're not like bad at, at any point. So when you see what the Lions are going to be able to do, and one of the things is like the, the Lions have just a, a bunch of different ways to beat you, right? Um, and that's kind of one of the fun things. It's I, fun that I, they do a bunch of different ways to beat you with the same players. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, they they have a, a very diverse uh, run game. Like you said, DeAndre Swift finally, you know, got involved, but then ended up on uh, the injury report this week again. It was a Wednesday right, injury right report, though. That. Like today and Friday matter. Yeah, so so we'll see. Um, but we'll because he's he's actually huge. Like getting him like to the usage he had last week, and we had just a taste of it in week one early early in the year. I mean, just the explosive plays they can create with him because he. If you've seen on Thanksgiving, you know, the, on Thanksgiving, you know, everyone is kind of wondering the the three-way rotation, but if you saw every time they brought DeAndre Swift in the game, it was to, to completely do something that Jamal Williams or Justin Jackson just can't do, you know, whether it's running like a choice route or a specific type of outside run, uh, they're like, those guys just can't do those things that DeAndre Swift does. And those are the plays he was still getting. So if you just expand it out to where he can kind of luck box into some other things, just through natural touches. Uh, and create big plays you've got another element of your offense that just kind of you can tap into yeah and then you layer that on top of you know the the play action game they can work uh with with goth um and just getting some stuff uh set up downfield and it, it's just kind of one of those things they have like the jared goth offense right he's able to get some of these shorter throws off play action you have you know amonse Monroe St. Brown uh, hitting some of those crossers. You can still hit, you know, some of those the tight ends a little bit. You have, you know, those those low A dot type things, and then you're setting up some of those open deeper shots. And when you look at like what is going on like further than like 15 yards down the field, Jared Goff has one of like the higher like EPAs uh and completion percentages because like those are those are all open. And it's kind of one of those things where he's not really taking that shot unless it is open. But they're doing such a good job of opening up those types of plays that they're highly efficient. So it, like that's it, just exactly what you want. And you know it, Goff came out and said he's probably playing his best football, which which he might. Um, you know, we have people who now think he's a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford, which is just an absolutely in, 
insane thing uh, that we don't have to dive into, but that was a big uh, Twitter discussion on uh, on a fun Wednesday in you know week fourteen. Uh, was a Jared Goff Matthew Stafford uh, discussion, which like as good as Matthew Stafford is, like if you are sorry, as good as Jared Goff is playing right now. Imagine Jared Goff on the 2022 Rams. And I think like that's kind of where this discussion probably starts and ends. Uh, if you want to compare those two quarterbacks, like that would be an absolute disaster. Um, but they they figured out, I think, what everyone does well uh, on this offense. And everyone is is playing to that. And and I think they're, they're getting the most out of everything. And then if you can get Jamison Williams back in there, uh, if you can get some other things, they just are con- continually, it's just one of those, a team that's pulling and pulling all the right levers, you know, hitting all the right buttons. Um, and and it's, it's legitimately fun to watch. And it's been one of those things where like, it was fun to watch er- earlier in the season. And then the defense just, it was kind of just letting everyone, it, they were letting them be the lions offense on that defense. Um, the defense is playing a little better. Like it's not great. Yeah, um, from bottom end to like mid pack. And that's yeah. Awesome. Right. So like <laughs> since, since week nine, they are, uh, what 19th in, in EPA uh, per play uh, on, what, on 30, defense, which, 30th? yeah, which is, uh, <laughs> that's kind of all you need when you have yeah. an offense like this, mm-hmm. you just need to be fine on defense and kind of that's, that's where they are. And again, it's, it's kind of one of those defenses we kind of talked about, it. like it's still doing good things, just don't necessarily have the talent. You have Aiden Hutchinson, who's able to, you know, come up and, and have a, a splash player too. Um, you have uh, James Houston, who's been a, a lot of fun in, in his very limited time. Um, he's only started playing like two weeks ago. Um, but he's been a bit of an, an impact pass rusher there. Uh, you, you still have some, some secondary pieces like Kirby Joseph's been really fun um, as, as a safety. It's one of those things that like it, they're going to develop. It's not great this year, but again, getting to average is going to be fine uh, with this, um, you know, with this offense. Um, so they're, they're going to be okay like for the rest of the year, obviously I think that the lions discussion is more for like 2023 of what this is going to look like uh, because just from the teams in front of them in a playoff picture, it's a little too late for everything to have clicked uh, for them. But, you know, again, they're, they're in a position where again, home favorites to, to the Vikings who are like, right now the, the number one seed in the NFC. So uh, just, kind of fun it's good to see that this did happen because i think earlier in the season like even with the offense going we kind of wondered is this kind of did we hit a ceiling here with like what the dan campbell like lions could be uh but i think we're we're seeing there there is still more um that that can be had and and we'll see some more production uh, going forward and i think there is some optimism and that's that's fun to see again like if you're one of those teams like that's what you want in week 14 right? That's about like, we, we kind of, we talked a lot about the Jaguars um, last week and how they could potentially be one of those teams. And like in the, the Lions Jaguars and then the Lions just kind of completely ran through them. Right. So we have a, a little, <laughs> some, some more questions about the Jaguars here uh, going after that game. So what it, but it's kind of, again, it's you, you want to see some, some signs of, of optimism going forward and the Lions are, are certainly that team right now. Um, as we uh, continue to, to go through this, I mean, we have the, the Eagles and Giants too, which I'm not sure, like it's one of those games where there are two technically good teams, two technical playoff teams, but I, I don't see how this game is even particularly close. 
Uh, I mean, listen, it's just you just have to put the stock in that the Giants are just well coached. That's really like every week. You, you know, there's there's no reason with the personnel that they have. The the it's just they 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 play hard and they they get production out of the guys that they got like just enough. <laughs> right. Um, again, like just enough to tie uh, with the Washington Commanders, um, but the Eagles are just a different story. And if, like, if we want to talk about a team mm. that can beat you in different ways, right? We just saw the Eagles two weeks ago run all over the Packers. Be like, hey, you guys, uh, you have no run defense at all, so we're just gonna run right through you, like 380 yards combined. Uh, between Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, then they go into the Titans. And and we talked about that matchup. Titans are one of those teams that invite you to run because they play all of those light boxes, but they're so good at stopping the run from there. And the Eagles went into that matchup and said, all right, we're not going to run at all. Uh, we're going to throw all over you. And that's where the Titans' weaknesses were. And so we saw Jalen Hurts completely go off throwing. Um, and that was that was really fun to see because they just have so many different ways to win, especially like in the passing game too. Like we had, obviously it was the, the big AJ Brown game where you see he had runs the one double move, throws the corner like to the ground uh, and, and is wide open. But then his, his second touchdown is like this super tight window throw that Hurts just puts in the perfect spot um, in uh, it threw it throw to the end zone and it's a touchdown. So the way they're doing it, the way they are just kind of spreading all these things out, like they're, they're not running 11 at a, at a high rate. Um, but the, when they are, it's working, they're running from 11, which, uh, is working when they, when they are running. Uh, it's just, it, this, this offense is really fun. Jalen hurts is playing just so well in, in everything. Like, and, and there's nothing you can't do with him at, at this point. I think there were like some questions about how far like a Jalen Hurts led offense could come, especially like coming out of uh, the playoff loss to the Buccaneers last year, where like they kind of the Buccaneers uh, just completely, uh, you know, clamped down on the run game and they couldn't really pass out of it. And obviously, AJ Brown has helped uh, this year, but just so much like we've talked about the just the improvement from, from Hertz all over um, in, in a processing standpoint. Uh, it's just been, it's so good. And so I think that the one thing you can do to the Eagles is the low a dot on blitzes. They still haven't completely figured that out. The giants are they're going to blitz. The giants are going to giants and, and they'll, they'll blitz the link Every is, is going to do it. And that's kind of all they have, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is, is coming on. Um, but AJ Brown's an absolute monster against man coverage this year. So good luck. Uh, yeah. And again, like <laughs> the giants don't have anyone to run man coverage, but they're going to they're do going it to. anyway. But at least say that um, every week though, man, like somehow like they, they get the, they're the alligator blood team. Uh, you know, they're not, run, they're not even doing like anything good. Right. It's like, a, they're just like, it's, it's all guile. Like let's get some Daniel Jones runs in here. Saquon's going to run for three yards of carry. We hope eventually he's going to break one. Uh, it hasn't happened for a couple of weeks, but that's the, the plan. Uh, that's it, man. <laughs> that's it. We're going to blitz. We're going to blitz the hell out of everybody and try to get some turnovers and sacks. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, I don't see that happening again. No, I mean, the Eagles, Eagles are, are yeah. but listen, the just... Eagles, the Eagles, uh, Ran into some trouble a, a couple weeks ago in, in division game, so you never know. 
Yeah, the division, that's true. And division I, games can get weird if you get, you're able to run on. That's the the thing to kind of watch. You know, Jordan Davis coming back. You know, they absolutely have mushed. Uh, they mushed Derrick Henry. The the run defense is starting to come around the last couple of weeks. And if that if that was kind of their only like one Achilles heel, and if that gets kind of short up, then they should be the favorite in the NFC. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I mean, yeah, now I, that the 49ers are are boned, it's it's kind of them in Dallas. Like we're just looking for the, they play in two weeks, I believe. Uh, we're looking at that matchup because Dak didn't play in the first one, and then probably a potential third meeting. Because um, if any of these other NFC teams, I think you know, end up knocking the Eagles off in the playoffs or the Cowboys off, like I don't. I mean, are you picking any of those teams to be an AFC team? No, I'd probably, no chance. Pro- yeah. I would root for Seattle just for the story. Like seeing Gino in the Super Bowl would be incredible. Oh, that'd be amazing. Absolutely, um, would love to see that. Yeah, that would that would be uh, incredible. But yeah, uh, uh, Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl? Like I don't need to see any more of the Buccaneers than I've seen to this point in the season. Like no, like, so like we we talked about the Bucks <laughs> and how like especially like if you uh, you know compared to the Packers, we had you know more faith in the Buccaneers figuring it out, but. Mm-hmm. There's just so many fundamental issues yeah, based with on the Buccaneers now. Was basically how we got there. Yeah, um, and it's the thing where like they they still have some of those good plays like when they need to, but again, like they're just their fundamental decisions of like this is what we are. We're going to yeah, run on first down. It doesn't I mean, matter. We're not going to be to aggressive. Yeah, and and it's and it's <laughs> again, and it's kind of like one of those things where. The, the the defensive head coach kind of puts you in in a pickle of well, we're going to trust the defense and again like that's that's such a stupid thing because like trusting your defense would be like going for it on fourth down and and right. trusting your defense to protect a short field like that's trusting your defense um but like again for like Todd Bowles to be one of the like most aggressive defensive coaches and like blitz from everywhere and be like uh we probably can't go for it on on fourth and one because you know what if we fail uh, is, is it's crazy but again just kind of the, the offensive philosophy again like with the bucks where we're gonna run on first down it doesn't matter if there's a you know eight percent success rate uh which like it, it has we been we saw at, it with left which yeah. like what was like a month ago when they brought it up someone brought it up to him the early down runs and he had no idea like you know things like epa and that's fair but like how do you just not internally scout still and say like we're not getting any yards on first down <laughs> like, yeah it's maybe we shouldn't do this <laughs> Yeah, like that, 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 and that's why, like, they're completely out on on the Bucks. Like, yeah. they're doing anything because, like, that's just that's who they are. That's who they want to be, and they have really no uh, place where where they want to change. Um, and like, if they had, they would have done it by now. And like, they're they're going to be facing the 49ers, and we can like get into that game because it, you know, what the more intrigue now because. You know, we kind of want to see what the 49ers are going to be, especially on offense, um, because they do have Brock Purdy. He, he came in for Garoppolo and played fine, right? Um, and I think that's kind of what we can expect. This is going to be one of those where, like, Kyle Shanahan now has to, like, get in his bag and and do some things that are going to make life even easier on a quarterback than have already happened. But I think when we kind of look at what he's been able to do with some of those other backups and obviously like the wins haven't been there, but if you look at like yards per attempt, like there's, there's always like some sort of production. Um, but we're also seeing 
the most well, and we've talked about it just in general with the 49ers, but we've seen the most well-rounded offense that has been in place for San Francisco, right? Like no other like quarterback who like has come in for Garoppolo or, or whatever in this like Shanahan era, I guess had Debo and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. And so like, I can absolutely see. Does like, Kyle Shanahan know he has George Kittle? Well, so uh, the Brock Purdy does. Um, yeah, th- there was that one, like his most impressive throw was yeah. that one uh, off the blitz. And uh, there were the reports afterward that uh, Purdy was like, I think I know like what look is coming. Uh, Kittle, like shorten your route a little bit and I'm, I'm going to hit you. And th- he did. So if they have like that, um, and, and again, like with, how many weapons they have obviously someone's going to get shorted and you know it is the kittle kind of more often than not but you know we'll see because you know different quarterbacks have you know different players that they rely on and usually a young inexperienced quarterback is going to want to go to the tight end so we might see a little more george kittle but again like we're going to see these mccaffrey design plays um they had the one the fun one on the on the first drive with um with Garoppolo still in the game where McCaffrey like kind of motions out, like not completely to empty. He was like still in the backfield, but was like more toward the numbers and then just run straight up the sideline. It was like a 36 yard gain. So that was fun for having him vertical. Um, and then had a couple plays like, yeah, they had the nice screen with him um, later in the game. They had the the one in the, the red zone also. So I think we'll, we'll see. I think they, they might, just builds the entire offense out of McCaffrey like that. That's an option. It's going to be all, it looked like the initial thing that we said, it was only one game and it was in relief, a game where they didn't have, you know, an install for him, but you know, it looked like it was going to be a lot of McCaffrey Debo low a dot stuff. And maybe that was just like the plan to preserve a win. And they're going to have to do some more to adjust, but against Todd Bowles too, who he said, he is going to, you're, you're going to get man coverage. You're going to get a lot of blitzing. So I'd imagine that the ball's out quick again here uh, this weekend. Would think so, and I think like that's kind of where you probably want to attack. You can attack uh, Tampa in the slot. You can attack them uh, yeah. against you know Carlton Davis has not played particularly well. As long as you're not throwing like at Jamel Dean right now, you're probably okay. Uh, you can get the you know you probably want to try to get their linebackers uh, in conflict a little bit. Um, you know Levante David's still great, um, but if you can try to get uh, like Devin White in coverage, that's still where he's struggling. Obviously, he's probably going to, you know, be trying to get him downhill a little more. But if you can work against that, and that's kind of that's what Shanahan's going to do, right? He's going to put the defenders you don't want in conflict in conflict. Um, so I think like this is going to be uh, a big game, and like to see, I think we'll we'll see what the sustainability of this 49ers offense with Brock Purdy uh, is going to be after this game. I think. Um, and then we can kind of see like how serious San Francisco is going to be. Cause obviously this defense is still playing really well. Um, you know, what they did to Miami uh, in that game, it's probably like really only a thing the San Francisco defense could have done. Uh, and and we'll, we'll get there once we get to, you know, the, the Dolphins a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably going to expect a lot of, you know, McCaffrey and, and Debo shenanigans, uh, but with that, like they're so good. I, you can probably live that way. Um, and in the NFC, like you can probably go pretty far, uh, just doing that because there's not a lot that's going to be 
you know, working against that. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm pretty excited to see like what they kind of like cook up uh, and, and what this is going to look like because, you know, the, the 49ers, like we're a Super Bowl contender and, you know, obviously it's not as good as they were, but I'm not sure how far back they come, but this game is probably going to show us at least a little bit. So let's let's move on to that Sunday night game uh, where we get the Dolphins and the Chargers to a Herbert. This is going to be possibly um, the worst game to be on Twitter for. I, yeah, this is going to be an online experience game. Uh, it really is. The, the takes are going to fly. Uh, we're we're going to be all over the place here. So uh, to go back to the Dolphins and, and 49ers game, where we saw easily the worst performance from the Dolphins at any point this season. And again, it was it was really interesting because like it, obviously having the tackles out hurt. Um, but the it wasn't so much the pass rush that was really like getting to the Dolphins. It wasn't so much the tackles being out in isolation um, because they early in the game, they had some ways to like get Bosa and then the 49ers started, you know, screwing around with that. He had a really nice like a loop sack um, that, that came in like a play after they had three guys on Bosa. Um, but what was real interesting and obviously like there was also, you know, the, the Fred Warner of it all taking away the middle of the field and they just like really didn't throw there. They had the, the first play uh, that went for like the 75 yard touchdown uh, and then they really couldn't get working into the middle of the field because like they just have the 49ers just have the best middle of the field defense in the league. Um, but what was real interesting is that the 49ers were really the first team to play press uh, against these receivers and obviously like waddle wasn't in the game for a lot of time so i it you really only had to slow down tyree kill for most of it and like pressing trent Sherfield at the line is, is a little different than if you had to you know press waddle at the line um but i like that was just kind of like a force multiplier right like so much of this miami defense is based on on timing and we talked about it how quickly too it can get the ball out so if you're disrupting the timing of, of some of those routes right off the line uh that had him stay in the pocket a little longer that had that increase the impact of that defensive line against that offensive line. So it created a little more pressure. Um, they made Tua like Tua like double clutched more in this game than probably he has like at any point, like combined throughout the season. So I think there was just, there were so many different like little things that combined to what happened there. Um, and I don't really see that having as much of an impact, like going forward. I'm not really concerned about the Dolphins offense. Um, you know, this is a game where Brand Staley could have, you know, the players do that. But if, if Waddle's back, I think Tyreek Hill still has, like, really, like, the Chargers' only good quarterback right now is, is Bryce Callahan when he's, you know, playing at, at full strength. Um, you know, you have, you know, Khalil Mack. But, again, like, I'm not totally sure, like, how much of an impact these guys are going to be able to make with how quickly. And, you know, for the other thing, like, 
the Dolphins like had plays. Like they still gained a lot of yards. There were still plays like left on the table. They could have had an even bigger day. Um, it was just kind of like uh, Tua was off. So I think if if he can you know settle down a little bit, and I kind of think they'll have a, a better game plan here. So uh, I'm not too concerned about what the Dolphins are going to be able to do um, on on offense against the Chargers defense. And then when you you know flip it, it I the Dolphins, I think you can kind of get when you have like have some double moves and, and make them kind of defend downfield. The Chargers aren't going to do that, right? They're, they're going to be running hitch routes the whole time. And like I, the, the Dolphins corners can, can cover that. Uh, and they'll be sending like some, some fun blitzes too. So um, I kind of think this is a uh, kind of a game where the Dolphins get back on track a little bit. Yeah, probably because the Chargers are just, I mean, their defense is so bad right now. And the offense, they have just so many injuries. It looks like Big Mike is going to play. And we haven't seen Big Mike, Eckler, Keenan Allen really on the field at all together this entire season. So at least one positive. But the state of the offensive line for the Chargers is an absolute problem. And last week, I mean, Herbert just should have got a purple heart for what he had to do in that game, just to even be, have them in position to in that game. I mean, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby were in the backfield every half second and every snap in that game. There's absolutely no chance. It looks like Corey Lindsley is still in concussion protocol this week. We don't know if Trey Pipkins is going to play. And the fact that we're even worried that Trey Pipkins is going to play is a, is a thing, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I pressure on 43% of his dropbacks last week, five sacks. He's been sacked 14 times over the past three games. Justin Herbert, he had taken 12 sacks the, uh, the opening nine games of the season. So, Really just kind of a, a situation where is this offensive line good enough? Since the Dolphins have gotten Branley Chubb, they are ninth in the NFL in pressure rate, uh, ninth in sack rate. So they're getting a pressure on the quarterback too. That's kind of like the area of concern. It's just like, can the Chargers give Justin Herbert any amount of time? Because they're not going to stop the Dolphins. Like this Chargers defense right now is absolutely getting just just rolled on. I mean, they are they're now – 29th in the league and scoring rate allowed per drive. They've allowed the most touchdowns outside of the red zone. They are uh, allowing the highest rate of 20 yard plays. They're allowing the highest rate of 30 plus yard plays in the NFL. And the Dolphins entire offense has been built out of splash plays the entire season. So really kind of hard to see that uh, really changing. And just from an approach stance, the Dolphins, the only good thing they've done the entire year uh, defensively is stop the run. And the Chargers aren't going to be able to run because they haven't run it all damn year. So it's just kind of, I think it's one of the stylistically where like the strengths of like these teams are just favors the dolphins. You're just hoping that maybe the back-to-back West coast trips catch up to them, or maybe Waddle or Tua aren't 100% healthy to have kind of like a, a, a puncher's chance here down the line. Yeah. That's kind of probably what you're hoping for. If you're the Chargers or just, you know, wet Herbert rip it. And uh, that's just not going to be, it's just not going to be the case. Um, and that's, that's probably your, your best way to win, but that would have been your best way to win, you know, at, at any point, um, throughout the season. Um, uh, but you, you know, this is having a conglomeration of everything that's happened to the chargers this year, you know, yeah. just, everything has just compounded on top of everything so greatly that, I mean, we'll, we'll probably see at least a half measure of Joe Lombardi leaving. Cause Brandon Staley is going to be in this spot where like, he's now has to look at, they're going to have to look at what moving forward of him, right? Like he's going to be the question guy and they'll probably do the first thing is he'll have to probably bring in a new staff. But to me, it's the defensive stuff. Like you can do a lot 
like this like Staley's job, you bring him in, like this defense is absolutely just terrible. And that falls on him. Yeah, that's true. And like they've also had some some injuries too. Like obviously, you know, JC Jackson was terrible when he came in and then was you know, the hurt a little bit. Like and he then, was playing good. And yeah, and, and then he got hurt. Um you know, so hopefully there's there's a little more like when he comes he was back. Bosa, it's a huge deal. Next year, yeah, there's yeah there's there's been injuries on that side of the ball too. Obviously, like it, you bring all of these guys in for like the run defense, and, and you still can't fit or stop the run. Uh, that that hurts. Yeah, but like in said, the offensive just, line, like I said, you, you brought in, you invested so much the last two years in terms of draft capital and free agency, and you were down to Matt Flyer being the only starter in the in the lineup last week. Yeah, just... and then it just it, it it stretches all over. So Justin Herbert has thirty dropbacks this season. Thirty. That's like not even a game's worth with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both on the field. Right. Thirty. We're in week fourteen. Um, well, on those plays, uh, eighty-one. Keenan point... looks rough, though. I gotta say. Yeah, I mean it's. It depends. Like he's and that writing like, was on the wall, I guess. I, I assume we'll see them come off of his contract because he's he has like no dead money and he's owed like he has like a twenty seven million dollar cap hit next year. But so so it's tough because like he's also the only threat sometimes. Like I think you look at like that that fourth the fourth and twelve they had against the Raiders where it ended up in the Keenan Allen touchdown. Um, they're the Raiders are bracketing him in, in the slot because he's the only threat. Um, so, and then eventually Herbert breaks the pocket, uh, the Allen's able to, you know, run into the end zone off of it. But like, that was, that was a curl route that was going like to the sticks. And then eventually that was just kind of a, a scramble drill that ends up in the end zone. Uh, so it, it's tough for him when like, he's the only thing the defense has to worry about. Um, so to go back to like on those 30 dropbacks with Allen and Williams, both on the field, 81.5% completion percentage, point. 85 uh, yards per attempt and 0.41 EPA per play. Um, so obviously very small sample size, but again, like that's kind of the point. Uh, it's been a, a small sample because those guys just haven't been on the field. Um, so it, it does change the the dynamic of the offense uh, a little bit, but again, it's, it's just, it, it's a tough thing all around because even then you're still throwing like the, the 50, 50 balls to, to Mike Williams. And it, it's not, and I, those aren't even 50, 50. I, it, it, they're contested catches. They're not 50, 50. Um, it throws in into those types of tight coverages are like the 30, 80, like at, at best. Um, so it, again, it's just, it's, it's a tough way to live. And that's kind of, just kind of where the chargers have been. Like this is again, just a two, an example of making life as easy as possible on a quarterback and making life as difficult as possible on a quarterback. And that's kind of where we are with these two offenses. And I don't think there's going to be like a bigger juxtaposition uh, of those two ideas and like how you can build around a quarterback uh, than what we're going to see on Sunday night. And it's, it's a, a tough look for the chargers. And I think they really are going to like have to look across the sideline, like see how, Miami has made life easier uh, for their quarterback and, and really think about what they're going to do going forward because you, you can't do this for another year. No, no, no matter like, no matter the health or whatever, just the, the entire structure of the offense, you just, you can't do it. No, I think we'll definitely see. I think that's like pretty much the, well, we'll see like Staley will get an extended run, probably has to let some of the staff go. And then 
they'll reassess and see where they go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, hopefully. Um, I, just, I mean, listen, the, the, the worst part of this NFL season was us even to, having a conversation about Justin Herbert being a bad quarterback. Like that just tells you everything about this season. I can't believe we're in a world where like we have to even question this. Yeah, it's. There are maybe three quarterbacks in the NFL that would play as good as Justin Herbert has in his situation this year. Yeah, that that's the thing. <laughs> Any other quarterback is we're talking about like literally one of the worst offenses in the league. Um, like uh, Jared Goff in this offense is is unwatchable. Uh, I mean, and, and even player, even players that people you know pres- presume are you know average to good, you swap them in this spot, and it's like, what are you getting? What are you getting here? Yeah, it's it, it's a tough look, and it, you know probably just have to endure it for for a couple of weeks, and we're gonna have to endure it uh, on Sunday night when the the takes uh, <laughs> will will be flying in this game. Um, so uh, there we go. A uh, couple of, couple of good matchups here and, and we'll, you know, just continue. We're in, in the, in the home stretch here. Um, really, you know, solidifying some of the, some of the playoff runs and, and we're just kind of getting a, a look at what the, uh, the last couple of weeks uh, of this are, are going to be. So, uh, we're going to end the show here. Uh, remember you can find all of our work on sharp football analysis.com. Uh, we are, uh, running a promo where you can be getting, um, the fantasy package uh, it starts at just uh, five, $5 for uh, the first week, I think. It's something like that. It's ridiculously cheap to be getting uh, Rich's work right now, which you should have been doing all season. But if you have not, I uh, highly recommend that uh, right now. There's a blue bar on the top of the website that you can uh, go look at that. Uh, you can be getting all of Rich's content, which includes the worksheets and DFS stuff. Um, you know, still- we, had a, we had a subscriber reach out, and he won uh, $70,000 last week. Well, that's uh, fantastic, and I need to uh, be following what he does because apparently uh, we use this information very differently. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe he had the the Jalen Hurts double stacks last week and uh, smoked that. Uh, yeah, that was it. so way smarter than than what I did. Also, I'm just very bad at fantasy, uh, and that's that's not Rich's fault. That's that's mine. Um, <laughs> But uh, again, very useful information. You'd be getting uh, all the worksheets for you know uh, the rest of the season. So uh, check that out. And you can find Rich on Twitter at Lord Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Tampa Zuda. Thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you again soon.